0: Okay, let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Galatians, chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2, but we're probably going to get into verse number 3 also tonight. We're going to try, but I'm going to start off with verses 1 and verse 2. So let's uh, read it. Galatians, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 says this. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ." Now last week we focused on verse 1 in this section of Scripture. And the key word that we focused on in this verse was the word overtaken in the New King James or overcome in the New International Version. And again, all of us, all of us sin from time to time. And when we do, my prayer and my advice and my counsel both to you and to myself is that when we do blow it, that we do the right thing and we go before our Lord right away and we repent right away and ask our lord to forgive us and that we believe by faith that he does forgive us because of the blood of jesus and because of what the bible says in first john chapter one verse eight and nine it says this if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's a daily battle that we go through. But as we go through this battle, we need to go to our Lord daily and ask Him to just cleanse us. And then by faith, we have to believe that He does. Why? Because the enemy is right there condemning us, putting us down, uh, making us feel like we're losers, making us feel like we're failures. So we got to counteract that with the truth and just say, no, I've confessed. I'm right before God. I'm forgiven. And I'm going to move forward in the name of Jesus by faith. By faith because we're putting our faith in the word of God not in ourselves because in ourselves we fail but in Christ we are victorious amen so again when we do sin let's go to our God quickly and confess and put it behind us and move forward and if we don't the danger is that we begin to practice sin and get comfortable with sin we remain unrepentant, and eventually we can end up overtaken or overcome by that sin, and that and this, of course, leads to death. It leads to all kinds of corruption and chaos and confusion in our lives that God doesn't want. But we bring it upon ourselves when we choose to be rebellious or stubborn or prideful or arrogant or. Uh, we refuse to humble ourselves before our God. The sad reality is that from time to time we do have certain individuals that get themselves into some trouble. Perhaps they relapse. Perhaps they allow themselves to get distracted with work or other responsibilities and commitments and neglect and lose focus on the things of God. Perhaps they begin to make unwise business and financial decisions and now they are over their heads in debt. Perhaps they get involved with unhealthy relationships. There's all All kinds of reasons why some of us may fall away from our commitment to Christ and end up in some type of sinful lifestyle. But in this verse of Scripture, verse 1, Galatians chapter 6, the Bible instructs us how we are to respond to someone who desires to be restored or brought back into right relationship, not only with Christ, but with the church body. Galatians six one. let me read it again. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, You who are spiritual, again, as I mentioned before, Thank God we have some seasoned saints in our church, some mature saints in the church. That's one of the struggles that new churches have. Everyone's so new that you really don't have a lot of mature or seasoned or elder Christians. Uh, And so that's why part of the beginning church team has to include some of these individuals for the sake of those that stumble or that struggle in their faith. But if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, you who are mature, you who are able to help these individuals Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. And then it says this. Considering yourself lest you also be tempted. We talked about the second part of that verse. Considering yourself lest you also be tempted tempted. The Bible tells us to be careful when we're dealing with people who are struggling with sin because we are all vulnerable. Let me say that again. We are all vulnerable. I don't care how long you've been serving the Lord. I don't care how strong you think you are in Christ. I don't care how stable you think you are in Christ. I don't think how mature you think you are in Christ. We are all vulnerable. And if we're not careful, we could end up falling ourselves. I cannot tell you how many times with good intentions certain individuals went mm <laughs> out of a good heart out of out of a sincere heart with good intentions went to go help somebody out and as a result they end up getting pulled up into that sin and end up falling themselves that's why it says in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 it says this therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall never get overconfident never underestimate your enemy first timothy chapter 3 verse 6 and 7 an elder must not be a new believer living translation an elder must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall also people outside the church must must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap second peter 3 17 says this you therefore beloved since you know this beforehand beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. In other words, God is warning us to be very careful when we're dealing with people who are messed up in sinful behavior you guys listening to me okay we have to help them we have to reach out to them but we got to be careful when we do we have to watch ourselves when we do let me read it again you therefore beloved since you know this beforehand you're being warned beforehand beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness being led away with the error of the wicked Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25, speaking about those people that have a temper. Listen, we got to be careful with those that have a temper, because they are, they have a tendency to get themselves in trouble, and we, from time to time, need to go in there, rescue them, but the Bible warns us about dealing with people that have a bad temper. Listen to what it says This It says here, Proverbs 22:24. 24, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go. Lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. So there's all kinds of things out there that we need to be careful of and we have to use wisdom for. Now let's go to verse number 2. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. Let me read this. It says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken by any in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is a very similar verse to verse 1. When you see someone that needs help... Or who is hurting, who is in trouble, who is struggling, who has fallen, who is going through a hard time, who is suffering. In other words, a a burden means they're carrying a heavy load. They're carrying it and it's, and they're starting to collapse under that heavy load. They're starting to fall under that heavy load. Again, within reason, do your best to help them out. What is the definition of a burden? It says this, a load, typically a heavy one. From the very beginning of Israel's existence, God was very direct with his people to instruct them about helping people who are burdened. Exodus chapter 23 verse 5 says this, says, If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him With it, In other words, God is saying to you and to me, even if you see someone that you know hates you and they're struggling or having a hard time, I want you as a man or woman of God to do what you can to help them out. It says here, people who are overtaken with sin will carry a heavy burden and they will need help. Listen to what it says in Psalm 38 verse 4. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden they are too heavy for me At times, we got to come alongside someone and just say, You know what, brother? It's going to be okay, brother. You know what, sister? It's going to be okay, sister. we got the Lord on our side. Let's just get back into the race. Let's get back into church. Let's get back to serving the Lord. Let's leave the sin behind you. I know it's a mess. I know it's chaotic. I know there's all kinds of destruction. But let's get back into the game. And they need people to just step alongside them and help them to carry this burden, the burden of sin and the weight of sin. Our best option is to go to God. And ask God to help us with a lot of our struggles and burdens. Psalm chapter 55 verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord. If life is too much for you. Give it to the Lord. That's why the altar is so important. When you feel overwhelmed, when you feel crazy, when you feel uh, that it's just too much, when you feel like you failed, come to the altar and let your load down at the feet of Jesus. That's what the altar is for, to lay it all down right here. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Why? Because He cares for you, and He wants the best for you. Cast your burden on the Lord, and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And I know that you probably get tired of me saying this, but again, I can understand why people without God in their lives become so desperate and terrified that they turn to alcohol. They Listen, I I, I got to confess, if I didn't have the Lord in my life, that's what I would do. I would go drinking, I would go getting loaded, just to escape the pressure, and the burden, and the chaos, and the madness, and sometimes even the terror of life. But thank God, you and I have Jesus to run to. Can you say amen? But there's people out there, they don't have a connection with God. They're not they don't have a relationship with the Lord and, and and they have nothing. And I can understand why they would turn to alcohol or drugs or fall into depression or become mentally ill or just shut down or just want to give up and want to commit suicide because life without God is too much. That's why Jesus tells us in the book of Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, Jesus says this, come to me. If you're burdened, if you're overwhelmed, if you don't know what to do, Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. How many of you are glad that Jesus is gentle with us? He's very gentle with us. Even in our most darkest, deepest, wicked, messed up selves. He is so gentle with us. And you will find rest for your souls. We're talking about the soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if we go back to our text in Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Okay, so the second part of verse 2 is important. It says there, Bear one another's burdens, and by doing this, we will fulfill the law of Christ. And what is that? We need to remind ourselves of the law of Christ, of God found in Galatians 5, 14 and 15. It says this, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another. Beware lest you be consumed by one another. In other words, we got to be careful when we see somebody hurting. Don't go attacking them and beating them all up and getting them all messed up more than they already are. We need to be very gentle in bringing them back to God. Matthew 22 verses 37 through 40 says this, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart And with all your soul and with all your mind, many of us as Christians say, God, I have no problem loving you. It's my brother that I can't love right now. It's my sister that I can't love right now. Well, guess what? God says, I want you to love them. I don't care how much of a brat they act or they're being right now or how obnoxious they're being right now or how rude or rebellious they're being right now. You got to ask me to help you to love them. It says, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. Okay, so bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. That's the law of Christ. We have a choice when it comes to dealing with people. Build them up. And within reason, do what we can to restore them and support them or put them down, criticize them, condemn them, reject them, turn our backs on them, shun them, shame them, be rude to them, give them a haughty look and and make them feel like somehow we're better than them. Now, I mentioned this last week, but I want to repeat myself again. I'm so blessed when I see and hear of how many of you in our church go out of your way to try and help someone. That is struggling. Again, I don't want to mention names... I don't get to give examples because then you're going to get an attitude if I don't mention your name or if I don't give you the example of you doing something, you're going to get an attitude with me. So I'm not going to go there. You know whether or not you've done something for someone to help them out. You know what's going on. You know in your heart what you've done. Even when you do something as simple as buying someone a meal, helping them wash up and getting some clean, clean clothes to wear, when you contribute to the Walter Hoving home or the Teen Challenge or the Victory Outreach or the Salvation Army, and other intake housing programs. You are fulfilling the law of Christ, which is the law of love. Those of you that donated funds to the Vacation Bible School to help families that couldn't afford to pay for their children to attend the month-long Vacation Bible School. Listen, whatever God does with those children's hearts, You have invested in the lives of those kids, and the Bible says you're going to be rewarded in heaven for that investment. I don't know. God somehow keeps track of all this stuff, but believe me, you investing in the work of the kingdom is the best investment, better than Wall Street, better than any kind of investment strategy. That's the best strategy, and it's a guaranteed return for you, my friend. So those of you that donated funds to help those families that could not afford to have their kids participate in Vacation Bible School, you. You are fulfilling the law of love. The other day, I had an individual that was able to donate a lot of food, and I, I directed them to the, the Freedom Church because the Freedom Church, uh, they give out free food uh, to hundreds of people every Wednesday and and every Saturday. And I personally went down there to go see there. It's amazing how many volunteers they're able to have in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, uh, to help feed so many people. It was very impressive. It was very awesome. But they are operating in the law of love. They are sharing in the burden of helping those that are hungry to be able to feed them. So that's like a community thing. So it's an individual thing. It could be a community thing. And I went on the internet to look up some Christian organizations that are committed to fulfilling the law of love by helping those in need around the world and I know i 've mentioned this before but listen many of the uh, organiz- many of the uh, most popular universities in the United States and even the world were started by Christian churches and Christian individuals and these organizations that are Out to help people have been started by Christian organizations. For example, World Vision, Operation Blessing, Children's Hunger Fund, The Salvation Army, Charity Water, ADRA, which is a Seventh-day Adventist ministry, Samaritan's Purse, Mustard Seed, Children's Cup. Compassion International, Food for the Poor, Hope Worldwide, Operation Underground Railroad. They help uh, to uh, support traffickers that are uh, those people that have been trafficked either sexually or, or in any other way. They help get them out of that situation. So we have all these organizations, both individually, it with, starts with you. It starts with you and it starts with me caring and doing something the best that we can. And then financially, if we could support those organizations that are already doing something, like I said, like the Walter Hoving home or the Victory Outreach or, or the, um, the, with teen challenge ministries that taking people off the streets, us supporting them financially, we're investing in that. We're helping them. We're partnering in that to help people. And then we have international organizations that are doing this. If we go back to, Galatians chapter 6 in our text, and let's look at verse 3 now as we bring this to a close. Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 3, and listen to what it says here in verse 3. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ." For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. If that verse of scripture doesn't humble you, nothing will. (laughs) Basically, what God is saying is, dude, you better wake up because you're nothing. Okay? Now, you're something in Christ. Because of Christ, we are something. And He gives us a whole list, royal priesthood, and we are His children, and all the wonderful things. Okay? But, how many of you know that we are nothing but dust? Can you say amen? No matter how accomplished or educated we may be, we're still dust. Okay, Galatians 6 3 says, For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. This, go back, this goes back to the last verse of Galatians chapter 5, verse 26. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another envying one another you know let me just say this it is a beautiful thing to see what god can do with a man or woman that comes into the kingdom into the house of god broken, and devastated, and like Albert says, tore up from the floor up, and yet when that man or woman dedicates themselves to God, it is amazing to see what God will do to turn that person's life around. It is so beautiful. It is so miraculous. They get a job. They start dressing nice. They get uh, get their hair cut. They actually smell good, and they look good. They may even get married, have a couple of kids, they even get themselves a dog, and they have an apartment, they may get themselves a car to drive, and then all of a sudden, they think they're all that. They think they're all that. And then that breaks my heart. When I see that they come in humble, humble and broken, and totally, totally responsive to God, and they get cocky and arrogant and prideful and actually start looking down on the very kind of people that they came out of. That's why the Bible says, let us not become conceited with the blessings of God, provoking one another, envying one another. The Bible is once again warning us not to develop a haughty spirit or attitude towards those who are struggling or have fallen or have failed in some way. Don't become self-righteous. Warning us not to look down on anyone, reminding us that we are all sinners. And if we are saved, we are saved by God's grace and not because of our own righteousness. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says this, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, do not, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly, in other words, humbly. Let's just thank God every morning that we woke up. Let's thank God that we're alive, okay? No matter what you got going on, no matter how much success or prosperity, let's just thank God that we're alive, okay? But to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5 says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as cross listen we belong to the lord jesus christ we are children of god like i said before we are his royal priesthood his chosen generation his own special people we are victorious we have the holy spirit in us we don't have to be afraid we can walk with confidence and we are the people of god but we cannot use that to our advantage and when it comes to helping or encouraging another brother that is struggling we need to go down to that person's level and say you know what i'm here with Jesus to help you up my brother, my sister. one of the things that does grieve me is a sad reality that sometimes we as pastors or ministers can become arrogant and cocky and prideful. did you guys hear what I just said? I mean this is a sad thing for me to say but man I've seen some some pastors and some ministers and some priests uh, some priests the Pope. The nuns, ministers, ministry leaders in the church, sometimes sadly in the past, some of the ministers in our own church, they become cocky and arrogant and prideful. And man, that grieves my heart. That grieves my heart. The Bible does instruct the people of God to respect and honor those who are in leadership within the church. We need to do that. But those of us that are in leadership have to be very careful not to allow all this to get to our heads and fill us with pride. That's why the Bible warns us, don't stick a rookie up here or a novice or a new believer because once he starts getting all that attention, it's going to get his head all messed up. we got to be very, very careful with all of this. I have personally witnessed clergy of both Catholic and Protestant denominations being mean to people. I mean, they just get get mean. They treat people harshly. They act like they're on some kind of a power trip or demanding special treatment. Now, if people want to honor you and give you special treatment, that's one thing. Hey, listen, if you're going to honor me and give me special treatment, that's a cool thing. You can do it. I'm all for it. I'm not going to struggle against it. But... If a leader demands that special treatment, that's a whole nother story. Are you guys getting what I'm saying here? Okay. And when a leader starts demanding that special treatment, that grieves the spirit of God. And it breaks the law of love. Because now we're out of control. Okay. And we have to be very, very careful careful. Let's read Galatians 6 3 again as we bring this to a close. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. This is humbling for all of us. It is basically reminding us that we are nothing but dust, Genesis 2, 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being, Genesis 3:19. in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return, Genesis 18:27. then Abraham answered and said, indeed now I am I who am but dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Ecclesiastes 2, verses 14 through 16. This is coming from the richest man that has ever existed on this earth. In terms of material possessions, Solomon, it says, For the wise can see where they are going, but fools walk in the, in the dark. Yet I saw that the wise and the foolish share the same fate. Both will die. So I said to myself, since I will end up the same as a fool, what's the value of all my wisdom? This is all so meaningless. Here I am. I've worked so hard. I've sacrificed so much. I've given up so much. And I've accomplished so much. And in the end, I'm going to end up in the same place as a fool, as a one who didn't do anything. And to him it was... Vanity, for the wise and the foolish both die. The wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool. In the days to come, both will be forgotten. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 16, we're going to end with this. Well, first, let me just read first First Timothy chapter 6, verse 7. If you can skip up there in the booth, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 7, and then we're going to go to Psalm 103 and end with that, okay? First Timothy 6, 7 says this, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. So please remember this, church. Listen. I pray with all my heart that as you continue to walk with God, He does bless you. He does prosper you. You're able to be successful. You're able to just have a a blessed and good and beautiful life. And if we walk with God, the chances of that happening are, are are really well, are really good, okay? But remember... The only reason that we're successful is because of Jesus in our lives. It's the only reason. And that's why every day we should say, thank you, God. Thank you that I have food. Thank you that I have clothes. Thank you that I have a roof over my head. Thank you that I have a bank account. Thank you that I know how to balance my checking account. Thank you that I know how to do these things, Lord. Let me just conclude by reading Psalm 103. It says this, a Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Isn't that what it all comes down to, church? It all comes down to, let's just get together and let's just bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. He saved us from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses. His acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As a Father pities His children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more verses 1 through 16 talk about the the futility of man. But then, listen to the greatness and the glory of God. Verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. How many of you know God is today and tomorrow and forever. He will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. For the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him and His righteousness to children's children, to such as keep His covenant and to those who remember His commandments to do them. The Lord has established His throne in heaven and His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. That is our ultimate goal, church, to just bless the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, that you will help us to just appreciate you, God, in our lives and what you have done in our lives and that you have, Lord God, strained us all out and put us on the right path, the path that leads to life. And help us, Lord, to be sensitive to those who are struggling and that are hurting and to have a concern for the the world out there, Lord God, and to help carry each other's burdens and to fulfill the law of Christ. Help us, Lord God, not to become conceited or haughty or prideful or arrogant, Lord God, but help us to remember that we owe everything to you. If you're here tonight and you say, I am not a Christian, I have never surrendered my life to Jesus, and you want to surrender your life to the Lord, Just say this prayer of repentance right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I recognize that I have failed you, but because of the cross, you give me victory. I receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give glory to the Lord here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If any of you need any prayer, you feel free to come up to the altar. We will pray with you here tonight. Otherwise, you're free to go. You're all dismissed. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming in. Those of you online, thank you for tuning in, for taking time to come to church tonight. God bless you guys. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue to serve God. To the best of our abilities, amen. Praise you, Lord.